time, a week, what is this, eight now? Week eight? I think so. Week eight edition of the Lockdown Corner Podcast. We're back, and we're going to talk about yet another loss, trade deadline, uh, basically all the stuff that you're complaining about we were doing in our group chat, so we'll get to all that in a second, but make sure, before we get started, you follow us on all of the social media platforms. That would be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and I think that's all the ones that we're on. But anyway, make sure you follow us all there. You can follow us individually as well. Uh, well, boys, I don't even know where you want to start. Um, I guess let's start with the trade deadline. So another deadline has come and gone. Packers make no moves. And you know what's funny is in my head, I was thinking to myself, why, why do we do this to ourselves? We all get sucked in every year. We read all the rumors and all the reports and what ends up happening. Nothing. But there was some, there were a historic amount of trades that happened. We'll bring in the second screen. Oh, what happened? I don't know how to work my own computer. Okay, well, let's try it this way. There we go. Okay, so trades in quote-unquote trade season. Christian McCaffrey to the Niners, Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins, Calvin Ridley, that was a shocker, to the Jags, Roquan Smith to the Ravens, TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings, I got some thoughts on that. Uh, Claypool to the Bears, that one I thought was impactful, Kadarius Toney to the Chiefs, Robert Quinn to the Eagles, Naeem Hines to the Bills, sneaky good. And then there were a couple other ones, James Robinson to the Jets I liked, and Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals, I don't think we ever really talked about that one. It's one of those guys where the Packers probably could have got in on him and they didn't, but I'm not upset that they didn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, Dustin, let's start with you. Any of these trades specifically pop out to you before we get into the Packers' lack of trades? Let's talk about the trades that did happen. Um, I think the Roquan Smith one kind of sticks out to me most. I think mainly because they only got a third-round pick out of them. Third and a fifth, I want to say. Something around like that. But – uh. It just kind of surprised me because, like, I thought the Bears would at least get a second round rounder for him, which I don't know what entailed that trades. But, you know, at the end of the day, I the Bears traded pretty much him for Claypool, which, whether good or bad, I don't know. You're muted. Yeah, and uh, if. I'll, I'll go next here, I suppose. Yeah, my so, bad. I'm rusty, boys. I had a bye week early, so I'm a little rusty. <laughs> all good, all good. Well, uh, as far as what strikes me as the strangest trade, I would have to go with the Bradley Chubb trade because it gives me the impression that the Broncos are already calling it a season and that they are already looking to rebuild after giving Russell Wilson a massive contract extension prior to the season beginning. And they are, let's riding into a rebuild. I mean, that's just tough. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe if he starts working out on the team planes in between flights, uh, they, they could get a little bit more success. But I, I'm not sure that the, that the Broncos are, are really looking at this season as one that they're going to try and continue to be competitive in. What do you think, Alex? What was your craziest trade? Um, I Honestly, and I know they gave up a lot, I love the McCaffrey trade. I really do. That's such a, it's such a great move for them, and it makes me mad because, obviously, everyone on this podcast hates the 49ers because they keep kicking our asses when it counts. But uh, – 
I mean, it's such a great move. And then, of course, his first, like, full game. So, he played the first game and had flashes, and they're like, oh, boy, they did it. A great running team found a great running back, and he's back home in California. Of course, it's going to work out. <laughs> Last week, there was a stat somewhere, and I wish I could remember, but he had, fantasy-wise, he had more uh, passing fantasy points than I, I wish I could find it. It was like Lamar Jackson or like a big-name quarterback, more rushing fantasy points than I think it was like Del- – no, Jonathan Taylor, and then more receiving points than I don't, whoever it was. But he's just so dominant, and now you get him in an offense that's going to use a lot, utilize him the correct way. It is such a home run for San Francisco, and I'm so mad that they were the team that ended up getting him. But I, I honestly – I know that I've, they've given up a lot for Trey Lance and now McCaffrey, but – Man, oh man, that is such a great fit. So, and I know that's the splashy one. So, of course, it looks good, but <laughs> then they put it to use, and it's a whole different ball game. Uh, yeah. I, I was watching that game, and and it, it it was really hard for me to watch it and not think to myself, "Wow, these 49ers are really going to put it all together this year." Because yep. right when you're like, "Wow, Christian McCaffrey can do it all. He can run the ball." He can catch the ball, and then you go, oh, and he can pass. And, uh, you know, it's just it's tough to watch. I knew it was coming. I was waiting for it. I'm like, it's coming. I'm like, it's coming. If anybody doesn't understand the reference, it's from Friday Night Lights when Booby Miles is at practice and he throws a little HB toss pass, and he, his uncle says, oh, and he can pass. little reference there for you. I was say, I had no idea what you're talking about. So when I raised my hand, that's me. I don't know what you're talking about. Which Problematic. Probably should, that should be a show that's probably in my uh, back pocket. Any Hoosiers, let's talk about the green and gold because they did a whole lot of nothing this trade deadline, except there was a report from, I believe it was Tom Silverstein, who said that they offered the same package as the Bears, but the Bears got obviously got Chase Claypool. And the report is Pittsburgh took the Bears pick because they figured it'll be higher because the Bears are going to be worse. Which makes sense because if you give the Packers Chase Claypool, percentage-wise, there is a chance they will that pick won't be quite as valuable as let's a mediocre Bears team with I mean they have a little life. I have I I took down the for sale sign. On Justin Fields Island, I still got the beachfront property, but the sign, I had the for sale sign. Now it's back down. It's it's really confusing. It's really ebbs and flows with that Justin Fields market. But, I mean, the point, overall point, we don't have to have the Fields conversation. I really don't want to. But you give the Bears Claypool, that's not as big of an impact as you give the Packers Chase Claypool. So, once again, they are in on a guy. Last year it was Will Fuller. Actually, the last, like, four years has been Will Fuller. So, I guess, do you guys expect them to do anything? Because there was a report that they reached out to Odell Beckham, which, I mean, we've been kicking those tires for how long now, too. But he's not going to be ready until December now. So, at that point, you might not even be in the playoffs. But, you you know, if things keep going south, you might not even be in the race anyway. So, that move, while it makes sense for maybe next year, this year, when you need him, he's probably not going to get right until physically, until, like, summer of next year and i 
I guess I'm banging the drum for Will Fuller if they do anything because Will Fuller they've had interest in before, and he's currently sitting on his couch. So I don't know. I guess, Alec, let's start with you. Any hope for a move? Were you disappointed on Tuesday? How? What, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Well, I was for sure disappointed. Um, and as far as, you know, what the Packers are thinking, I think that they have the exact same response to getting a wide receiver as Alex has for uh, getting rid of his Justin Fields Island. And that is Nick Saban. Go ahead, Plint. Oh, I do have it. I'm not going to. So quit asking. Uh, that's A.J. Brault's thoughts on going out on Justin Fields and the Packers' thoughts on getting a new receiver. Uh, I did steal that, the, the second half of that joke. Uh, I combined it with my own, so that makes it an original. It's kind of like that Michael's from Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky, you know, kind of quote. Uh, but anyway, let's get back on topic. Let's get this tra- on the tracks. You're so- tripping yourself up. We're just sitting here and watching you <laughs> all over the place. It's fine. You're going on your honeymoon. You're distracted. Anyway, continue. Absolutely. Well, I think that if there is anybody that the Packers get, I don't think that it will be Odell Beckham. I don't think it'll be Will Fuller. If there's anybody that they do get, I've got a feeling they might go get Brandon Cooks. I think that Brandon Cooks may request a release. Seems like he's very unhappy with the Texans right now. Um, Not sure that there's anything that's going to repair that relationship. I could see them releasing him and then the Packers signing him uh, to a deal. So that'd be the only thing that I could see. And honestly, I think his impact would be minimal. I don't, I don't think that he would be great, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope we do get him, and I hope that he's amazing. Dustin, what do you Before – hold on. Before we get to Dustin, just really quickly, uh, 50 minutes ago, Adam Schefter tweeted the following, because Brandon Cooks did not move at the deadline. One of the reasons was, according to Adam Schefter, Houston was a- unable to trade Brandon Cooks because they wanted a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick in return for sources – no team was willing to trade a two and a four and assume Cooks is 18 million fully guaranteed. So money-wise, it also probably wouldn't have worked as is. So anyway, Dustin, elaborate on your thoughts and feelings. Yeah, and that's kind of what I said. I know we talked in our group chat. That's kind of what I said. Between his salary cap and what they're asking for, no team probably was going to kind of like take on that kind of trade simply because of a lot of the salary caps and people – it just seems everyone was getting extensions this year, so it just wasn't a good time. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't agree with Brandon Cooks. You know, I, I heard the Packers have been working on the uw Platteville receivers and tight ends. You know, I, I heard I they're really coming on strong. They, they, they're just like, give me the whitest guy you got and we'll take him, okay? Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderis all over again. All right, guys, it's happening. It's going on. They're going to get one touchdown and completely be forgotten because we almost got a receiver. <laughs> You know what, and I, I say this like half kidding, but you know who would be really nice these days is Jake Kummerow, and I'm not even kidding. Yeah. And the other thing about this whole receiver thing, if they would have – they could have traded for prime Calvin Johnson on Tuesday. This team's got a lot more holes than just a receiver's going to fill, and I guess we'll get into the game in just a minute. But I, to me, the season is trending south. This week you might be able to get back on track, but – I mean, if you want to go over their schedule, it's Tennessee, it's Dallas, it's Philly, it's Chicago, which they dominate. But, I mean, for whatever you think about Chicago, they did just trade away a couple an all-pro linebacker. 
but they did just bring in a receiver. I mean, the Bears are frisky enough where the way that this Packers team is currently playing would scare me a little bit. Um, then you got the Vikings, which they're a fraud six and one, but they're still winning football games. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. I, they don't have a very easy schedule down the stretch. So uh, to make the playoffs, they'd have to probably win six of their next games somewhere, some combination of six wins. I don't know that I see that. So at that point, are you really going to trade valuable assets for if things keep going the way they are? This is probably going to be number 12's last year, you would imagine. So I just – I don't know if giving up assets for something that wouldn't really fix the problem. That's why I like the idea of Will Fuller because you can get him on a minimum deal. He's sitting on his couch. If he's got anything, he'll probably end up being hurt. But the other thing is at what point do you let the kids play? Because Sammy Watkins has played a lot of snaps, minimal impact. I, I, don't, I don't get the Sammy Watkins thing. Well, at least at this point, I got it when they did it. But now it's like he's not really contributing much. Then Samari Toure looked decent enough for a guy that basically just got called up off the practice squad. It was like, oh, okay, this might be something. Probably not anything massive, but it's something. And for as much grief as I've given Amari Rogers over the last year and a half, he, to me, profiles weirdly better as a receiver than a returner. Because when he's actually just running routes and catching the ball, he hasn't dropped a whole lot. There's like, I mean, there's one or two here and there, but he's a young guy, so you can, you know, young guys do that. So I, I don't know. I think. Well, I guess let's get into the game. Um, I want to ask because I kind of know where I settle settle on this. Um, but first, let's play the image. What just happened? Time to roll back the tape. Here's this week's Game Rewind. All I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. All right, so the losing streak continues. Packers drop one in Buffalo. We all kind of expected it anyway, so I, it wasn't one where you want to kick your TV in. Uh, they looked okay. Uh, they, I mean, they basically outplayed the Bills according to all the statistics. I think the Bills are just that good where it probably doesn't matter. And plus, Buffalo is a really tough place to play. So let's start with Dusty B here. Your thoughts and feelings. And I guess my one question for you is, do you see signs of life after? I mean, they only they covered. They covered the 10.5 points, but they only lost by 10. But there was some stuff there, at least for me, that was somewhat encouraging. Yeah, you know, you can see it there. You see the flashes of, you know, oh, maybe maybe we can make a run at this, but I think overall, there's still just there's too many chemistry issues between everybody in the team. It's just we don't know who the hell we're playing because half the time our guys are hurt. So then, like, then you're mixing in new guys, and then the chemistry even gets kind of thrown off a little more. It's just like nobody seems like they're in the flow with the offense, especially like defense. Like, I think we had enough talent where we can kind of fill in. Granted, you know, dropping was it twenty? We dropped twenty-seven to Buffalo, right? Ah, uh, yes, I believe that was the final yeah. score. I can double check that. Yeah. yeah. And then dropping 27 to Buffalo, it's not terrible with what they have. Like, that's not bad by any means. Like, usually they're dropping 30-plus, I guess. So, to hold them below 30 to me is a win. And, like, as a package, you just got to understand, if you're going to a game like Buffalo, you got to score at least 30 points to win this game. They just didn't do it. So, is there light? Yes, I can see light at the end of the tunnel. But is there much light? Not really, in my opinion. 
Yeah, so I see some light at the end of the tunnel, but I do need to say something. I, I, I realize, you know, 27 points, it's not a completely lit up scoreboard. However, I remember that there was a stat midway through the third quarter. The announcers came over and they said, oh, this is Buffalo's first third down of the game. So, I mean, uh, whereas 27 points is not a massive amount, we couldn't stop them worth anything. I mean, it, there was no stopping them. However, I, I did like that we got two turnovers. That was great from the defense. Um, I liked that we were able to stick to the running game. It seemed like Rodgers was trusting more of the young guys because he kind of had to. And uh, I do agree with, with Alex uh, that, you know, maybe the Amari Rogers grief is good grief. You know, Charlie Brown taught me that there's a good such thing as good grief. That's a Alec Roth quote from Michael Scott. Uh, there is such a good thing as good grief. And I think that Amari Rogers, I think that we may have something there as long as we keep him out of the returning background. I don't, I don't, I don't like seeing him back there. Too many mistakes. And that's a high stake mistake. Oh, sorry. Problematic. DMX barking, though, is how I bark at my TV, though, so I guess it kind of works, but no, problematic. And I, I, honestly, the – the uh, what do I want to call it? The return experiment with Amari Rogers, they keep believing in him, which is fine, but I kind of wish they would just put all 11 guys rushing the punter and just let the chips fall where they lie because you can't turn it over if no one's back there to touch it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why that's a terrible strategy. It can't be any worse. Uh, I think what it is is they refuse to see Amari Rogers as anything but a young Randall Cobb, and they loved Cobb returning kicks. But we got to just realize that he's not Randall Cobb. Like, he is Amari Rogers, and uh, Amari Rogers, it seems, doesn't return kicks. Well, and Cobb was explosive, and he had done it before. <laughs> Rogers never did it. And now it's like, okay, young buck, there's going to be 11 guys running as hard as they can at you while you're trying to focus, but <laughs> while you try to catch a ball that's somewhere between heaven and earth, and you got to focus with 11. He's never done that before. And let's be honest, returning punts is the most terrifying thing of all of, in all of sports, other than, you know, getting a 98 mile an hour fastball to the rib cage. But still, I just, I, I think there might be something there because it feels like every time he runs routes and he's open, he at least catches the ball. I mean, at this point, that's all I want. And then you get bright spots. They ran the ball with Aaron Jones a lot, 200-plus rushing yards. Wonderful. It's all we've been asking for. It still wasn't enough, but they were able to move the ball more consistently. Great. Defensively played more man. I didn't love the assignments because Rasul Douglas and Stephon Diggs that was ugly all night long, but Jair locked up Gabe Davis. Okay, cool. I mean, there's little things that they're tweaking, but I feel like at this point they should have tweaked it weeks ago, and now we're halfway through the season. And it's like, oh, well, we could try this. Well, it's almost too little too late because now you need to have a massive second half of the season, and now you got injuries to play with too. It's just there's a lot of question marks for this team, and I actually – I won't pull it up because I don't want to end up in jail for copyright stuff, but I heard a clip today 
from Colin Cowherd. I don't know when this was, but he said that Packers fans were upset that they didn't make any trades at deadline because they didn't get a receiver, blah, blah, blah. And he said Packer fans are spoiled brats. And I kind of was like, wow, this is just Cowherd being Cowherd. But he had a point because they've made the playoffs. It was like, I don't know, it was like 20 of the last like 26 seasons or something crazy like that. I don't remember what the exact number was. And look, we're still in it as of right now. I, they should beat Detroit. I'm pretty confident that they will, although Detroit's kind of been a house of horrors for them lately. I just, I do think that there was, they weren't flatlining. I felt like in Washington, they kind of flatlined and the season was over. And they kind of got up for this Buffalo game. They still lost by 10, but I think that's just more because Buffalo is that great than Green Bay is that terrible. Plus the NFC is open. So if they just, end up you know somewhere around 500 they probably get a shot to get that last wild card spot um yeah otherwise defensively i know i kind of touched on it briefly i don't understand why they're doing i think they're trying to do the bill belichick thing and put your best corner on their number two and then double team their number one but the problem is darnell savage is having such a horrendous year he's not a starter right now and i love darnell savage but the way he is playing Oh, my God, it is brutal. So if you are trying to double-team over the top, where is he? Because there is a lot of one-on-one with Rasul Douglas and Stephon Diggs, and I expect Stephon Diggs to win that match every time. Dustin, what did you see? Yeah, I mean, just – I think it's honestly a lot of miscommunications. I just – I don't I don't know if they threw in a new system, new plays this, this offseason, what they did, but it's just – yeah, the safeties kind of look lost. Like, honestly, like, it doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. Like – it's just like it seems like there are miscommunications where like the corner's thinking, "Hey, you're supposed to be over the top," and they're like they're thinking it's single high coverage. Well, you know that's kind of a blown coverage right there, and the corner's thinking he's got help, and he's letting them kind of get by. You got guys open, and well, just... and the thing is, we all expected this defense to be better because they're running the same defense. It's not like they changed coordinators for the seventh time in however many years. Yeah, and that's what's kind of concerning. It's just like, why are we having all these miscommunication errors? Like what? Like, what is not being done in the field that was being done last year? It's like, because it didn't seem like we had as many problems last year, and this year it's just like a lot of blown coverage is just like, it can't happen. It just can't happen. You know, it's hard. It's hard. The bright spot, at least, is Jair looks like he's healthy and he's balling again. So that, and Rashawn Gary looks great. Quay Walker has shown flashes, but he's really not great in the run game, which is a problem as of right now. Uh, and actually, speaking of Quay Walker, he will be the main communicator this weekend because Devondre Campbell looks like he will be out against Detroit. So I'm interested to see how that goes, but that could get ugly really fast because you're depending on a rookie to get the calls in. So that that scares me a little bit, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, he doesn't get in any fights with any coaches or anything. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, good Lord, this team shoots himself in the foot, don't they? Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, man. It it seems like the penalties this year have been worse than I can remember. Problematic. They have been. They have been. And uh, I, I hope we get that figured out because not not only is it does it suck to watch the Packers lose, but it sucks to watch un unentertaining football that gets stopped every four plays for a penalty. Yep. It, it's just stupid stuff. I mean, some of that stuff was soft. There was, I don't remember who it was on. I think, oh, Robert Tanyan. Mm-hmm. It was that touchdown that they called back. Because if that touchdown ends up standing, then okay, now at the end of the game, they're driving to potentially win the game. 
But he's getting held, getting held, getting held, then shucks him to get off of him. It should have been a holding, pass interference, offense. It's just some of that stuff isn't going their way, which, I mean, when you're having a bad season, all hell's going to break loose. But some of the calls, too, are pretty soft. There was one last week I remember against Washington. It's like, what are we doing here? Come on. There's There's got to be a point where it's just, it can't be flags constantly unless it's fixed, like wrestling. Like, I just – there's little things here and there. It's like, really, we're doing this? And I think that is a good spot to transition because we're 25 minutes in. We're going to keep this relatively short. But we're bringing back a segment we haven't done in a very long time. I got great news, guys. Oh, hey, In other news. All right. So. Oh. Sorry. Jump the gun. So, in other news, if you are new to the show, we've done this once or twice before. Basically, funny things from the sports weekend. Doesn't necessarily have to be sports, but typically sports. There are a couple things that were just fantastic over the last couple weeks that we really want to highlight because it's just hilarious. First thing, uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia played this past weekend. And, well, the referee was trying to make a call. And this video comes to us courtesy of the NFL, and we'll add that to the screen. Just take a listen to this interesting call. Delay of game, defense number 55. Making moves that's not necessary like football. Okay. So here's what happened. It's a half a distance from penalty. Um, did he have a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's... Let's see if I can fast forward. It's the un, uh, unlike football. Making a move that's not necessary and unlike football. Okay. He totally stumbles, and it's fantastic. And it makes me laugh so hard. I like the little hand flip at the end where he's like, yeah, what, what do you want me to say? You know, it wasn't like football, you know? I love well, that. He laughs, too, which makes me feel a lot better. Because if he was, like, dead serious, I don't think that would have played. Oh, boy. We can't play sound from them. Sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. All right. Uh, Dustin, haven't you refed football, or is that someone else? Uh, me and Alec have both done fifth and sixth grade oh. football games. You probably don't have microphones, though, to make mistakes like that, though. No, I, I got yelled at by uh, one of the coaches because their kid was lined up five yards in front of the line. And I told him at least like seven plays in a row that he was in front. And he refused to listen, so I threw a flag. And then the coach runs up to me, are you freaking kidding me? Are you, that's a terrible call. I'm looking, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm not going to, so quit asking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I used to referee uh, middle school girls basketball. And let me tell you, it was like the Super Bowl or NBA Finals every week. It was just insane. I don't miss it. Parents, you're the worst. They're learning how to play the game. They need sometimes stuff needs to happen. We need to call fouls. We need to throw flags so they learn. Jeez, that's my that's my TED talk. Thank you. Uh, in other, or I'm sorry. Meanwhile, uh, Monday Night Football: Bengals Browns on Halloween, and Joe Burrow got unlucky, threw a interception, and then tried to chase down. I don't even know who got the pick, but um, we can't play the sound 
But uh, just take a look at Joe Burrow at the top of your screen here. Okay, so, oh, that's Miles Garrett. And he runs away. That is a straight-up business decision. He was going to go make a tackle for his team, then realized, oh, Miles Garrett is faster than me. He's stronger than me. He will bite my kneecaps. So he just ran away. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing that I'm not seeing here is the flag for the block in the back on Garrett. Let's protect our quarterbacks, <laughs> man. What are we doing? If, he, if he's running away, does it make a difference? <laughs> oh, Let's just keep doing that. Sorry, technical difficulties. Um, yeah, if you're running away, does that mean you can block in the back? I don't know what the rule is on that. Technically, yes. It really depends, honestly. Oh. Well, there you go. So no flag. Yeah, it all it all depends positioning, kind of what the game's like. Some refs might throw it, but if he's clearly trying to run away, they're not going to call it. There's yeah. some technical rule, but I don't remember the exact name. Yeah. Well, speaking of rules, it's kind of been a theme here on this week's edition of Meanwhile. Meanwhile, in college football, this happened a while ago. But again, I've been away, so this is new to you guys, I'm guessing. Uh Virginia was playing Georgia Tech. And look, the rules are a little different in college football. But um, I want you just to take a look here. Again, we can't play the sound. But um, for you watching on our live stream, which you find on Facebook and YouTube, I'll do play-by-play for the audio listeners. Um, so Georgia Tech is kicking off just to wind down the second half. So Georgia Tech kicks off. The Virginia player catches the ball at the two-yard line and then takes a knee, which in Division One college football, if you do that, that's where the ball ends up. Now, granted, they just ran it and went to halftime, but he made a boneheaded play. He caught it and took a knee at the two-yard line. So instead of getting the ball at the 20 or whatever, they took the ball at the two. I've never seen that before, and I don't really know what the rule is, but – what I do know is that's probably dumb under any circumstances. Yeah, I'm guessing this dude caught an earful. Oh, yeah. yeah, so. Go ahead. Quick inner. If you look at the end of the play, I know we talked about this before, but if you see, even even his teammates saying, wave your hand, like call a fair catch, because I know I said to you, if you call a fair catch, no matter what you are, as long as it's a returner that touches the ball first, and you call a fair catch, it automatically goes to the 20. That's the rule in college football, at least. So he forgot to wave his hand for a fair catch, and he just took a knee thinking it was going to be the same thing, which it is not. Nope. So they got the ball at the two. Now he's lucky that that wasn't like they were down three in the fourth quarter. But um, anyway, college football, got to love it. Meanwhile, and finally, also, baseball playoffs have been going on. This is not a baseball podcast, but it's – this is so funny that I need to share this with the world. Dustin and I have laughed many a times at this particular video. Uh, so the oh, sorry, everyone at home trying to fix my computer's bugging out right now. Stop! Shut up. Okay. Um. So, oh shoot! I think I just broke my computer. Please hold as I try and work out the difficulties. But essentially. The uh, baseball playoffs are going on, and round two, I believe it was, the – oh, good Lord. Sorry, everyone at home. This is terrible radio if you're listening. If you're watching, you understand my struggle. Um, 
But anyway, the Padres and the Dodgers, heated rivals in Southern California foot or Southern California baseball. Uh, and this was a fan reacting after the Padres have won to clinch to go to the NLCS. It is one of the greatest fan videos I have ever seen. And of course, my computer's still not working with me because why would it ever? So <laughs> take a look. This is more for watchers, but take a look at this fan reacting to the Padres beating the Dodgers. Are you kidding me? Now it's not going to play? Well, it was a good thought. I do have it saved twice. Maybe let's try this video. Are you going to play now? It's not going to play. Outstanding. Well, if you're watching, the guy on the left is high-fiving all the Padres fans, and you see the Dodger fan right on the bottom of your screen, and it's he gives them the middle finger in the most hilarious way possible because he literally – pointed at the guy and then flipped them the bird and it's not as funny when i explain it and that's a real bummer i'm gonna try one more thing you're gonna look at all my like tweets but uh, please hold here we go it's gonna work and nope not gonna work fantastic lovely oh there it goes here, let's try that again. Here we go. <laughs> it's just fantastic. That is the height of sports fandom as we know it, at least in my opinion. My God, the technical difficulties. Christ Almighty. Oh my God. Well, that was that's the end of our segment. Meanwhile. And it was a disaster this week, so we'll bring it back in another six months. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, we hit on everything, and I'm flustered. So let's call it a podcast, shall we? Random John? Packer of the Week. You want to bring back Random Packer of the Week? We did it last week. It was a success. We love Random Packer of the Week over here. Here we go. It's time to get wacky. It's time for Random Packer of the Week. I was not prepared, so I will go last if I could. Oh, wait, right. I got one. Okay, I think I might have used him before, though, but I got two in the bank. So uh, my Random Packer of the Week, I am going to nominate Najee Davenport, running back. From the early 2000s. Yeah, I used to return kicks with him on NFL 2K5. Yep. Oh, 2K5. They need to bring that back. Madden's junk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Oh. Dust, let's hear that random packer. Boy, I wasn't really ready. But, uh, all right, we'll do, uh, I'm sure he was said before, but Mark Tauscher. Tackle from the 2000s. He was good. He was very good. Not a Hall of Famer, but the Hall of Very Good. Actually, I think he might be a Packer Hall of Famer, actually. Mm -hmm. No. I think so. And we wrap it up with who wanted to do this segment the most out of anybody? Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, for my random Packer of the week, this week I'm going with Jim McMahon. Quarterback. 
Uh, don't know where he went to college, but I do know that he played for the Bears. And then yep. we scooped in and took his headband and all. So Jim McMahon, random Packer of the week this week. Super Bowl champion Jim McMahon, right? Didn't Wasn't he the quarterback of the Bears when they won in 85? Oh, yeah. 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 And then even with that ring, he decided that he wanted to go to a better franchise. So, I mean, you should say that smack talk for three weeks when we got Bears week. But he's that same energy. You, you right. get real defensive yeah. whenever anybody says anything about the Bears, Alex. And it's a little I, weird. It's just promoting Bears week in three weeks. It's like, keep that same energy. That's all I said. <laughs> it was defensive. It sounded sarcastic. Like, oh, I yeah. thought Justin Fields looked good this past weekend. <laughs> Problematic. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't say look good. I think they just realized he's more Lamar Jackson than Peyton Manning. That's yeah. and oh look what happens when you let him just <clears throat> at least do a few things. That's my takeaway. That's why I'm not totally selling the beachfront property yet. He, he can just do some things if they let him do what he's good at. That's all I'm gonna say. Problematic. Also, though. Justin Fields Island. We built this city. Oh yeah, I built that city. I'm more, that's where my flag is. That's my we guy. We built this city. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm not going to sell it. So quit asking. I'm not going to. So quit asking. <laughs> I just love to play that sound. It's one of my favorites. Also, yeah. you added this last week. The show goes on. <laughs> you never told me until I logged in. I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, when we announced that you were going to be gone, and I said the show goes on, and Jordan the Bell show goes on. It's fantastic. I love it. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad for sure. Um, but what does make me mad is that we have to end this podcast. So let's do that right now, shall we? Uh, make sure to follow us on all socials. That is YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. And this is a really clunky way to end the show, but it's so fitting because I'm all flustered from the Twitter thing. So uh, that'll do it for us. We'll be back next week. The gambling show this week is going to be back as well, making its triumphant return to win you money, which is probably a good thing because this season has been the season from hell for me at the old uh, kiosk at the Oneida Casino. Let me just tell you, it's not gone well. College, NFL, NBA, doesn't matter. I can bet the horses and probably do better, and I know nothing about that. So We'll do our best to try and win you money anyway, but that'll be Sunday morning, so stay tuned for that. Again, follow us on all socials for all that information. And with that said, and as always, even though they are struggling, they're going to get a win this week. I'm calling it now. They're going to beat Detroit. So make sure you are chanting. <laughs>